I always love hearing the excitement in the voice of a new believer that awe of realizing who God is after not knowing him for all those years. Along with being a new believer comes a ton of questions, though, <laughs> including whether I should be rebaptized, what significance does this have, and can I do this alone? So today's episode, we are talking to Chastity Thomas, and she is going to tell us all about her journey and all the amazing things that God has done when she let him into her heart. Let me guess, the world keeps telling you you are enough. All on your own, you are enough. Well, I'm about to drop a truth bomb. On your own, you will never be enough. Wait, hold up. Okay, did I get your attention? I am Shelby Hosfield, and at times I was an ex-Mormon, agnostic, a Sunday Christian, and a New Age follower, but God had very different plans for me. The whole time I was living in a very big lie, that I was in charge somehow of my own enoughness and my works were going to save me and my life. Don't get me wrong, I am all about self-help and personal development, but as a born-again, fully transformed Christian, I learned there is the world's way, and there's God's way. To quote C.S. Lewis, the more we get ourselves out of the way and let him take us over, the more truly ourselves we become. You are enough not because of what you have done, but because what he has done, and he lives through you. If you are ready for Bible truths, theology, and apologetics, and wisdom from his word that will shape your life, your confidence, and yes, your feeling of enough, then friend, you are in the right place. This is Finding Faith Above. So this is actually an interview that I had on my books for a long time. And I've really just prayed about this and I wanted to make sure that this got released at a time when whoever you are who is supposed to be hearing this at this moment, that you're able to really take this in and move forward in a beautiful direction with God in your life. So I hope that today this speaks directly to you. It brings you to Jesus. It helps you to understand him so much more. And I really do hope that you enjoy this episode with Chastity. She is an amazing woman and you are going to love listening to her. Okay, so one other thing before we get started, I wanted to let you know that at findingfaithabove.com slash your coach, if you are someone who is at that moment where you are trying to find your faith and navigate how to build a life as a Christian now, because it can be very confusing, and we're even going to hear this with Chastity today as she's talking, that how instrumental other people to help her on this journey were in helping her to really build that relationship with Jesus, which is not an easy thing to do when you are coming with a lot of baggage. And uh, if that's you, if you are someone who is needing that help right now, needing that extra push, needing, you know, just someone who will listen with an unbiased ear and help you navigate this road that you're on and this Jesus journey that you're going down, findingfaithabove.com slash your coach. If you would like to work with me, I would love to talk to you. All right, let's get into this episode. All right, so we are here today with Chastity. She is going to talk to us all about her journey, which is so unique and beautiful. And then also some really cool things that she has going on in her life that I think you guys are going to be excited about. But first off, thank you for being here. I appreciate it. Thank you. 
And yes, absolutely. So with finding faith above, uh, I really like to just open it up for people to listen to your stories about kind of where you came from and how faith, your faith has transformed because everybody's journey is just so unique. And so really just trying to open it up for other people to be able to listen. And, you know, is there, there's always something that ends up resonating with people in some way Mm -hmm. to bring them to Jesus. And so that's what I would like to just open it up to you today to talk about. So to start with, where did your faith journey begin? What was life like growing up? So growing up for me, I guess is very different for a lot of other people. I didn't grow up with a specific church in my household. I didn't grow up with a specific religion in my household. I, my parents, i I believe they believed in God, but they never did anything like we didn't go to church on Sundays or any of that. It was really when I turned 10 and we moved into this really small town in Washington and they, all of my friends were just one religion. They were just one thing. And so it was growing up, my parents, they never stopped me from going to church if I wanted to go with my friends, but, um, They never really was like, hey, you have to go to church. This is what you have to do. That was just never a conversation for us. And um, so when my friends brought me into a church, I was like, oh, wow. Yeah, wow. This is really cool. Like, what's going on here? And so just growing up, my parents always taught me to keep an open mind and to just really try to figure out what we want to be when we get older. And so they really allowed me to do that kind of in my walk in faith. That's pretty cool that they did allow that. But um, do you feel like you wish you had had a little bit more of direction or are you good with how it was? I wish I had a lot more direction. I entered into a church that all my friends were in and I entered into that church because I was like, well, I kind of want to fit in. I want to be like my friends because I would see their family dynamics and I would see all of that. And I kind of, I really wanted that. And um, when I was talking to my mom, because it's a huge process to get into the church. And so when I was talking to my mom about it, I was like, hey, mom, like, what do you think? And she would just tell me, whatever you want. I will support whatever decision. And most of the times we want to hear that from our parents. But in that moment, I was like, I'm 10 years old and I'm trying to make a big, huge religious decision and I didn't get much guidance. So I do wish that they were a lot more guiding in that path because I spent 15 years in that church and looking back now, I regret 90%. And so I really, really wish I would have had that direction from my parents. And now as a mom, I'm excited that I get to give that direction to my kids. And I just, it was something I longed for as a child and now, but it did take me to get to an adult to realize that's what I want. Yeah. So, And for me, I, I know, because we're talking about the LDS church, right? That's Yes. Yeah. Yes, yeah. we are. <laughs> yes. That's what we're talking about. So for me, you know, I had such a, uh, it was just so much religion and everything was about it when mm-hmm. I was younger and it was very confusing. And so I kind of went the opposite direction, maybe more like your parents did in the fact that I was like, I'm just going to let my kids figure it all out. And yeah, that ended up being, um, uh, not the right choice 
I feel like for my mm-hmm. family either. And God kind of inter- mm-hmm. kind of intervened and was like, nope, that's not the way we're doing things. But, uh, and I'm very thankful for that. Um, but I do think, you know, I think we're often so afraid to do more in our kid's life. Like we don't want to give them too much. And yeah. And then instead, I feel like for myself, I kind of almost deprived my kids of knowing God's true love. Um, mm-hmm. And it, that was just my experience, but it was, uh, yeah, I think the kid thing is tricky sometimes because we don't want to do it too is. much. <laughs> yes, for sure. So, okay. So what happened then next on your faith journey? Cause you moved into this town. There's all these people that are part yes. of the LDS church. All of your friends were LDS. What happened next? I became a member of the LDS church when I was 10. Um, it was, oh, I think it was right around my 10th birthday ish. I, I remember the day, but I remember it not as like, I feel like our baptism, we should remember it as something that we're like proud of. Like that's our defining moment. I just remember thinking what's going on. Like, why can't this person be here? Why can't that person be there? And so as a kid, I was like, you know what? Maybe it's just because I'm a child. I'm not understanding it fully kind of. And so I just kind of went with the flow Um, in high school. Flash forward a few years into high school. I was 12. I was getting ready to go to the temple for the first time. And you would think I was, but there's so much gray area around that big white building. And I'm just like, okay, so all of my friends are excited. So I feel like I should be because maybe I thought a lot of it was because I wasn't raised in the Mormon church. I thought a lot of it, like a lot of my anxiety about it was because I wasn't raised in it. And so I went, I went to the temple and the first thing they said that we were doing, we're doing baptisms for the dead. And I'm like, Whoa, we're doing what? <laughs> Wait, why? Like they don't talk about it in normal Sunday school. They're like, you'll figure it out when you get to the temple. And that's kind of how it went all throughout my high school. You'll figure it out when you get to the temple. I would ask these questions and they're like, why are you being so curious? Why are you, you know, you'll figure it out when you go to the temple. And I'm like, okay. So I figured the more I go, the more I'll learn. And then I turned 18. I joined the army when I was 18, which was a big no in the Mormon church. They were very like, why are you doing this? You're supposed to be a mother, a wife. You're blah, blah, blah. And so I was like, well, it's what I want to do. I'm kind of rebellious in that way. And um, so that was kind of the big thing that put, I guess, a target on me in the church, because I really feel like they put a target on me almost. It was like, I couldn't be myself. I couldn't try to be myself. And after boot camp, I came home, I married my high school sweetheart, who was also in the church. And that's when my faith really changed was after that marriage. Cause I realized the LDS church was something I didn't want to be a part of going through my endowment ceremony. I was more so questioning why we were doing these things. Like what's the biblical backing on it? What's like, why is this a thing? And then I wasn't getting the answers I wanted, or I just felt kind of uneasy about it. Well, fast forward a year into my first marriage, I realized they're not, it's, there's just something that was off. And so I started to fall away from the LDS church at that time. And I started to really kind of seek the answers I wanted. 
And in doing that, it made me realize that LDS church wasn't for me because I, I go to Grand Canyon University. It's where I got my teaching degree from. And we have to use a Bible in our class that is not put out by a church. And so I was like, oh no, I have to touch a different Bible. I don't know a different Bible. I don't know anything else. And when I did it, I opened it and we were reading in the book of Luke. And in the book of Luke, it was just, I was having these questions. I was like, wait, so are they, I was taught differently some of the stories in the church. And so I asked those questions to my bishop because I was like, he'll know. My bishop will know. Want to know what he came back to me with? Why are you reading a Bible not put out by the Mormon church? Why are you not doing this? Why are you going to a church that's encouraging you to read other scriptural material or to a school? And I was like, well, I chose to go to a Christian school because I wanted to learn more and I wanted to get my degree at the same time. And they were just, they didn't like it. They told me they'll excommunicate me if I don't stop going to school. And at that time, I was like, you know what? Nope, I'm not doing this. I, I'm not okay with the big pushback. And at that time, in my first marriage, it was also pushback from my ex-husband. He was, I was realizing that I married him because that was kind of the right thing to do. That was the path I was supposed to be on because of what the church taught. And we just, we didn't work out. It wasn't until I met my now husband, who is a Southern Baptist. And he was like, wait a minute, you're doing what? Why? And he, he introduced me to the Baptist church and to, I guess, their whole belief system. And I was like, they back it up with scripture, though. They, one thing that sticks out to me is it's by grace that we've been saved, not by our work. And I'm like, I was taught so hard that it was our works. And it really brought me into a different light because I'm like, wait a minute. I just, I have to accept him into my life. I thought being baptized was me accepting him into my life. And it wasn't. And I didn't really make that decision, to be honest, until just a couple months ago. Because I was like, wait, I'm not going to jump into something again. I'm not going to do this. And it was, it was a really, really defining moment when I realized it's not about what I do. It's not about what I wear. It's about how I am and what I want to, what I want to be. And just kind of the person who I want to be not about, Oh, did I wear a skirt down to my knees or did I wear, it was a huge defining moment. And that was the last couple years for me. Ah, that's so beautiful. It makes me so happy. Congratulations <laughs> on a brand new Thank life. <laughs> yes. Cause he really does. When, when that moment happens, it, it transforms you from the inside out and it does all of those works that we were doing because it was the rules we were doing it because mm-hmm. we thought that earned God's favor. But in reality, we, there's nothing we can do. I mean, that's Ephesians, right? He says there's there's literally nothing we can do to earn his favor. It's already been done. And from Mm -hmm. then on, when we transform, when our heart is transformed, we do all of these beautiful things in Jesus name because, because we are a different person. 
Like it, it's an outpouring of our hearts. And, um, I love the thing that, ugh, it just, it gets me all teary. Like in all honesty, when people, <laughs> when people say the defining moment was, I realized it wasn't about me. And that's, yes. it's like, that is like when, when you can say that and you say that from your heart, everything changes and it's beautiful. Yeah. So, and yeah. it's because we want to be that way. It's not because we have to be, we have to follow these strict guidelines. It's because we want to, and that's what we want to be. Mm-hmm. And so we strive to do it and it's not because of rules. Yeah. So, and it doesn't, and that's not what saves you. All those works is not what saves you. He's already done it for us. The cross already did exactly. it. Exactly. It's beautiful. Exactly. Ah. So was there a big moment that made that happen? Was there, tell me about that. When you, when you realized that acceptance, what happened there? Um, wow. Now I'm going to get teary. (laughs) The big, huge moment that did it for me, to be honest, it took my dad passing away. It took him doing that because then I was like, well, my dad wasn't Mormon and the people at the church that I go to, Calgary Baptist, they just were like, but he's in a better place. He's where he wants to be. He's his purpose. And it's how they were just explaining it and to try to comfort me in that time that made me realize I my brain was thinking the wrong way just for so long. Like when you're in something for 15 years, you you don't, it's so hard to think a different way. And that was me realizing I just, I have to give it to God. It's, I have to, I can't carry the, well, what if, but he didn't do this. He didn't get baptized. He didn't, you know, I kept going through it in the Mormon lens and it took this elderly woman in my church. She is so sweet. She told me, She was like, it is not about what he did in this life. It is about who he became in this life. It is about who he trusted. And that was really, her words were my defining moment. And it was in this grief share group. And so it took that for me to really realize I was in the wrong lens. I was looking through life. I like to say it with a cloud over my lens. I couldn't see it. It was just questions. It was blurry. And then I told my women's ministry leader, I was like, you know what? I am ready to accept Christ for who I am, for all of my flaws, for everything that I am, for it. And she looked at me and she just started bawling. And I was like, what? She's like, I've been waiting so long for you to hear that. And I was like, oh, well, here it is. I feel like I was ready so much before that, but it really took just the women in that church to show me that it's not all that people try to make it out to be. You could be so flawed and, but still so loved and still saved. It doesn't matter. And that was kind of my defining moment was when I went to the church after my dad and I was just like, I broke down. It was so hard for me and they were just there. They weren't like, oh, well, he's probably in this level of heaven or, well, he wasn't baptized. So he's banished outward or, you know, it was a, he's where he needs to be in the time he needs to be there. And 
that really helped me make the decision to just follow with my heart and I guess lead less with my head and the guidelines. Yeah. Yeah. And just oh, trust him yeah. and building that trust with, and in knowing that God's got it, we don't have to figure this all yes. out because yeah. if we trust in him, it's, it's the way it's supposed to be because he's our creator. He's the one that did all of this. I do think sometimes too, unfortunately, we do have to go through these really hard times to recognize that we do have to trust him. And for me, yeah. it was the same. I had to go through something that was really, really hard in order to get to that point where it was like, God, I'm giving it all to you because I can't fix all this. I can't answer all yes. this, but you can. And I don't know how you mm -hmm. were going to, but you're going to, and I have to trust you with that. And, uh, yes. and that's when my life changed. So I get that sometimes hard, those hard things, even though they're super hard, they, uh, they bring us to such a better place and they do, they really do. And so much since I said, like, I'm, I'm ready to accept him. I have felt this peace. And it's so hard to explain, but I feel like the entire world isn't on my shoulders anymore. I'm able to sleep. I'm able to just like enjoy life and just see and be present with my kids instead of like in this gloom all the time. And it's, it's a weird feeling to describe, but it's just, it's so uplifting and it makes me feel like I made the right choice. Finally, it took me so long to do it, but I did. Yes. So, I always yeah. think about, um, Jesus in the storm when he's in the boat with all the apostles and mm -hmm. there's the huge storm going on and he's just sleeping. He's just whatever. And all the apostles are, you know, freaking out. And he, he wakes up and he says, Oh, ye of little faith. And because he's like, don't you know that there's peace when you believe in me in the storm? Yes. And, and I always just think about that because when I accepted Jesus into my life and, you know, I gave it all to God is the same thing, that peace, it was the peace. And yes. I feel like the world could burn down and it wouldn't even matter to my heart. Cause I have that peace now, right. It's so different than you can even explain to somebody, but it's so beautiful. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it, it is. It truly is. Yeah. I love the fact too, that you had some good women in your life who helped you with that, because I feel like that makes such a difference. Having other good Christian yes. women along your side, huge. It's huge. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it is. And it's so hard to find someone who I thought I would be kind of like the outcast of the church. Cause they're like, Oh no, a Mormon's coming in. You know, there was that stigma around it. And I was so worried, but, um, the one who really helped me through D she, she like took me under her wing. She was like, no, here, like read this. Cause I'm very much a, uh, a type of person. Like I need to read it. I need to see it. I need to, you know? And so she gave me a book that's, um, a case for Christ. And that book was like someone trying to prove the church wrong. They're trying to prove religion wrong. They're trying to do this. And in the process, they became Christians themselves. And it was just, it was kind of the right book I needed to read at the right time. And she just, she was the first person I told that, like, I made my decision. I'm going to accept him. And she's the one who's leading me through like the believer's baptism and all of that. And it's just, 
it's amazing because without her, I probably would have never made the decision. Without the elderly lady in the church, I would have never made that decision. It, yeah. It's so uplifting to have that help there. Yes, yes. Happy. And I think it's intimidating. Like you said, it's intimidating because yeah. we're coming into, you know, a community who of people who have possibly been Christians their whole lives. They don't know any different. Mm -hmm. And I always laugh because inevitably we're going to say something that is very Mormon. <laughs> right. <laughs> and they all look at you like, what, what did you just say? <laughs> uh, but I think you just have yeah. to have to roll with it and know that there are going to be, God is going to place people in your life who are going to accept you for who yes. you are. And they're going to help you along this journey and to give them a chance because it can be scary, but give them a chance to help you as well. So mm -hmm. that's so awesome. You have very that. much so. <laughs> yes, it is. I remember sitting in a, a group with some girls that I was doing a little Bible study at my house with, and, um, something got brought up about predetermination, which is a big thing in the, in the mm -hmm. Christian faith. Um, but I brought up something about preexistence and they all looked at me like, what, what, what did you just say? Uh huh. <laughs> <laughs> they look at you like you have a third eye growing and yeah. you're like, oh, wait, sorry, wrong. Yep. Okay. Back on topic. Right. Right. And yeah. I have to do a little research into that. And, and, and fortunately I've mm -hmm. had amazing women around me too, that have really helped me with this journey. I just think it's so important. So, so cool that you had yeah. that and that they helped you as much as they did. It's so great. They did. Yeah. yeah. So how is God working in your life today? I mean, this is a big change for you. So, but your husband though, he, he's Baptist change. also, right? Um, kind of. Yeah. Okay. Like, so he was christened Catholic as a child. And um, just because where he grew up, it was majority Catholic. And his family had some, his dad was raised Catholic, and but his mom was not. And so they got christened in case he decided to marry someone who was of that faith. He didn't have to go through like their questionnaires and their interrogations to become Catholic. But he was raised in a Baptist church. And... Um, he actually has never been or has done a believer's baptism in that church ever. So we're actually doing this together. Oh. And um, we just, what was it like two or three weeks ago, we did a meeting with Dee and her husband and they asked us, they're like, well, they asked him, they're like, have you accepted Christ? And he was like, of course I have. Like I probably did as a child. And I'm over here like, wow, that was, news to me but okay we're learning and he's he's helped me so much through it because I would get dressed and I was like okay how Mormon do I look today and he was like you look fine <laughs> and just that mindset I was like oh is this skirt too short and he was like you're fine you're wearing what everyone else wears and just my kids they're they thankfully they didn't grow up in the church they didn't really go into that at all and so uh, when we started taking them to Calgary, my, my daughter, she was like asking me all this stuff about heaven and all of that. She's like, well, is that where Papa and Grammy are? And I was like, yeah, that's where they are. Why? And she's like, well, because were they ever baptized? And like just asking me all these questions, but they're being curious. My daughter for her birthday got a Bible um, from the church. And so she's just like this curiosity. And I love it. My, in my life, it's just, 
so many things are now coming into place that I've wanted to do for so long. And to be honest, I don't think it would have happened if I didn't accept him. Right. I don't think any of that would have happened. Um, I wouldn't be in an amazing school if I didn't have faith that I'm doing the right things for the right reasons. Um, I didn't want to teach preschool. I didn't. I'm like, <laughs> I have them at home. I don't want to teach them. And then this job just like fell into my lap. And now I'm a preschool teacher and I love it. And it was just, if I didn't believe that, just have faith in what's meant to be is meant to be because it's already been planned out for us. If I just didn't have faith in that, it, none of this would have, I wouldn't have get gotten through any of the trials I got through this last year. And it's really has changed my life. And with my husband, he's like, I'm seeing a lot more peace. He was used to me being on, um, like anxiety medication. He was like, I'm used to seeing you all like spound, wound up. And ever since I'm not, I'm relaxed. I'm getting schoolwork done. I'm getting housework done. I'm keeping up with everything. And it's just, I truly, truly think it's because I did finally set God for, for pretty much who I am and who he is with no strings attached. Yeah. So. I think it all just comes back down to that trust, trusting that he, yes. he his will is he knows better for our life than we do. So oh, yes, for as sure. long as we trust where he's taking us and, and really looking at it and praying about it and, you know, really mm -hmm. trusting that he has a plan for us. And one thing that I always um, kind of go back to is I feel like sometimes God gets a little silent and sometimes I'm like, what does that mean when he's getting a little silent? And I've, I've recognized in my own life, it seems like when he gets a little bit more silent, maybe I'm not going in I'm not listening. I'm not trusting him again mm -hmm. and kind of going back to that and just accepting that, you know, he is going to throw things in my lap that sometimes yes. I'm like, I don't want to do that, but trusting <laughs> yeah. that he put this here for a reason and that he is speaking to me through that and to know yes. that that's the direction that I, I should go. So that's so cool. And mm -hmm. then you also have a book coming out. So tell us about that. Thank I'm you. so excited to hear more about it. So Growing up, my dad would say this saying, I can, I am, I will. I don't know how, I don't know when, I don't know why, but I'm going to. And I just, as a kid, I hated it because I was doing math homework and me and math, we don't mix at all. And so I was doing math homework and he's like, I can, I am, I will. Just like put that in your head and you'll get it done. You'll figure it out. And I was just like, dad, just stop, stop. Like, I don't want to hear it. And then um, I kind of threw it back in his face when I wanted to join the army because he didn't want me to. And it, it worked in my favor because he signed off for me to join the army. And um, every mission I went on, every obstacle I went through, those words were said to me. I can, I am, I will. When my mom passed away in 2019, um, I looked at my dad and I was like, how are you being like, he was so calm. And so like all of the rest of us siblings, we were crying. We were hysterical. We were like, why is this happening? And he was like, I can, I am, I will, I can get through this situation. I am going to, and I will. 
And so he truly showed me that those words, they're just six little words. They can change your mindset in every scenario. And I started writing this book probably about two years ago. I really wanted, I felt like someone else needed to hear it. Someone needed to hear it because no matter what you're going through in your life, there is going to be a trial through that. And um, when my dad passed away, I was like, now I have no one to tell me that anymore. And so I submitted, submitted it blindly to a publishing company thinking, oh, nothing's going to come of it. No one's going to like it because it's really kind of how my dad taught me how to change my mindset. It's not me teaching someone else. It's how my dad taught me. And it's kind of, I did it in memory of my dad. And um, the publishing company picked it up. They were like, we love it. We love everything about it. There are too many books that teach you how to do this, but you turned yours into a story of how you did it for you. And there's too many people that want to hear a story of someone else doing it. Like everyone's like, well, testimonials, testimonials, like you need to have a testimonial for someone to truly like want to do it. And they said my book was just a, a big, huge 10 chapter testimonial. And, um, and so they picked it up to publish it to my surprise. I remember waking up to the email and I was like, Matt, my husband, I was like, they're publishing it. Oh my gosh, my entire childhood is going to be in a book. <laughs> too many people are gonna read it like it was a freak out moment for me but I'm super excited and I'm just those words they they helped me in my faith journey they helped me through my divorce they helped me really realize I wanted to get married again and so they helped me through my marriage and they helped me just overall it's it's something I'm excited for people to read because I hope it helps others. And I feel like my purpose in life is to help others. That's why I became a teacher. And I just help. I feel like it will fulfill my purpose. And I'm just excited about it. That's so cool. And I love those words. Yeah. I feel like I can imagine. Okay. So your dad said it to you, but I could also imagine God mm -hmm. saying it to us in a trust way. Yes. Right? So yes. just trust him. And, and know that he's given us what we need in order to fulfill our purpose in, in this world. And so exactly, I love it. That's so beautiful. Uh, well, thank you so much for coming today. I'm so excited. I'm going to put, um, you. you know, in the show notes, I'll link everything so that we can find your book and everything when it comes out, which is so cool. Uh, yeah. But I also, before we go, I just wanted to ask one last uh, question here for you is um, mm -hmm. if people were to find themselves in the position kind of where you are or, or where you were, um, where you're searching for faith and you're curious and you're trying to figure things mm -hmm. out. And you haven't gotten to that moment though, maybe where you've really accepted Christ yet, but you're, you want to, what recommendations or what, what suggestions would you give them for helping them to find their faith? My biggest suggestion is to join a Bible study. I'm serious. It was, but it's, I guess my type of Bible study that I joined that really helped me was they taught us a bunch of different translations. They said, if you want to learn, don't just read from one translation. You've got to read 
um, it taught me how to read the Bible, I guess is a better term. It taught me how to do that. And so it's really look at the word of God. That's kind of the big thing, but not through one lens. You need more than one lens. Read the NIV version, read the King James version, read, you know, whatever passage you're studying, whatever you want your defining moment to be, you got to look at it from multiple different views and perspectives. And I say that even though I'm talking about different translations, but it's a Bible study will help guide you in that because I grab my NIV is what I typically read. I grabbed my NIV and I was like, this is so many pages. I don't even know where to start. And that Bible study really guided me on where to start. And then when we were reading in the book of Ruth, it really taught me that I can't just have one lens on. You've got to have more than one lens when you look at it. And that would really help open your eyes to what is there. And so you could really accept the word of God and really accept God himself. I love that. I think that uh, so often when we come out of the LDS church, we have such distrust and the Bible is one thing that we really distrust. And Mm -hmm. that is like my mission, honestly, with this whole podcast is to try to get all you ladies who are listening to to (laughs) trust the Bible and know that you can read all the different versions and that they're, he's speaking to you. So let him speak to you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And allow it to happen. Yeah. For sure. Yes. Well, thank you so much for coming on today. This has just been a wonderful, wonderful conversation. And I know it's going to touch people. And um, what a beautiful story you have. And I'm so excited for you and where your life is going. It's (laughs) awesome. And uh, I'd love to reconnect again sometime. Maybe just find out where where God is taking you now because life is just beginning. (laughs) Yes, I would love that. Yes, it is. Hey friends, I hope that this episode truly blessed you today and spoke to your heart. And if it did, I would love it if you could share it with your friend who might need to hear these words also. And if you truly, really loved it, then a five-star review really helps to get into the ears of so many more people. It's the way the algorithm works. So I would love it if you guys would be able to do that for me as well. And if you were looking for more resources, more help, more coaching, more all the good stuff, go Go to findingfaithabove.com and make sure to subscribe so that you don't miss a thing. See you next time.